back. We are here. We are live with another great episode of Beyond the Pen. My name is Maccabee, and this lovely, beautiful lady next to me is Miss... I am Chels, or C.R. Rice, if you are into the Realm series. And we are here to teach you, to give you insight into the publishing world, give you some tips and tricks, as well as give you people who are successful within the industry as real-life examples. It's so fabulous how we are. Oh, yes. I go through the struggle so that you don't. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so today, Chels, what are we talking about today? We're giving all of the ins and outs, loves and hate of what a book blurb is. And it is not a review. It is not a review. It is not, but we're going to talk about what exactly they are, mm -hmm. how to write them, and why it's so important to write your own yes. and be properly explain your book, guys. And we all know how hard that is. Every author out there, every creative out there, when you are asked, hey, what do you write? What is your book about? How did you come up with this painting? Whatever it is, you go completely blank. Or if you're like me, you go completely blank. Half the time when people ask me, I have no idea what my book is about. Any of them. Like, I could talk about them, but... But before we get into all of that, if this is your first time here, thank you for joining us. If you've been here multiple times, thank you for continuing supporting us. And for those who are just giving a little sample, that's fine. That's fine. We're happy that you're here too anyways. But before we get into all that again, like I said before, go visit us at beyondthepenpodcast.com to get all those tips and trick blogs, to hear some of the greatest people that you've never known existed on our website through the interviews that we've had already before, as well as just the little things that me and Chelsea like to put on there just because. Just for funsies, guys. Just for funsies. Just to give you a little insight into our lives, which is not very much, by the way. Where that, that, and I feel very boring until I share a story of something I've done. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm actually quite exciting. Uh, I feel like everybody does that. Like, if you're the one for doing it, you're like, oh, my God, my life is so boring. And then you tell somebody what you did from the weekend. And they're like, dear God, like, how are you alive? And it's like, what do you mean? Fun side note, our, our pool is finally done. And one of the things that. Corey wanted was he wanted the waterfall. I told you it's Corey's moping station. So you swim behind the waterfall and there's a bench mm -hmm. and you can sit behind the waterfall and it's super fun and all that. And so we went, uh, I would say Tuesday, maybe we went out and we were like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. He's like, you got to check out this waterfall. So I'm like, okay, Chelsea's not thinking, you know, you, you have to go through the waterfall, right? To get to the bench where there's no water. And so in my head, for some reason, I was like, hey, all I have to do is hold my drink higher. If I hold my drink higher, because I was going to duck under the waterfall, right? So I went and I was, I just, I, even as I was doing it, I was like, you are so dumb. Like I had that moment where I was like, seriously, Charles, like you are not, you're not a dumb person. What are you doing? But in that moment, he was just so excited because he wanted to show me behind the waterfall that I was like, all right, babe, like, let's go check this out. So I just held my drink above the water as I went through the waterfall. That was Chelsea's uh, blonde moment for Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. I've had some moments this week, too, sadly. Although, you know, I think the great thing about being a parent is that every once in a while your kids just 
say or just do something so ridiculous that just makes you laugh and you're like, I'm so lucky to have you. And then five seconds later, they do something so stupid that you are like, I am. Why? 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 Yeah. You question everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing today was the fact we were coming back from uh, my son's doctor's appointment and he got a lollipop. He's seven years old. He gets a lollipop. Why not? And he had the window down in the back and he would put his hand out with the sucker and everything. And I'm just like, oh. dude. We're going down the highway. That's going to go out. <laughs> Telling him, bring it in, bring it in. Like, okay. And uh, I was talking to his, I was talking to Chelsea actually on the phone when this happened. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I hear this crying in the back. I'm like, what's wrong, buddy? I dropped my lollipop out the yeah. window. <laughs> like, all right, well, it's fine. We'll go get you another one. It's too easy. And sure enough, and she's hearing it all the way on the on this highway. Uh-huh. Him just screaming the entire time. He was very upset. He, Did he get his lollipop? He got his lollipop. I stopped at a CVS and got him a bigger lollipop. So we went there from a go. free lollipop. I know. We went from a free lollipop to a dollar sixty-five lollipop. Not too shabby. I got to say, I have a a terrible story I will share. And then we will get back into the blurbs. Yes, we got to get the blurbs. I was was taking a very similar situation. I was taking Zane to a therapy appointment. And so I had to put shoes on him. And he didn't like his shoes. But we get in the car. Everything is great. We are going to his therapy appointment. I get out. I'm like, all right, buddy. I am so excited. You're going to do so great. And I take him out of the car and I go to stick him down. And when I look down, I realize he has no shoes. (laughs) And so I I have that parent moment where I'm like, it's fine. Yes, he I used to crack the window for him. Like he loved the wind. So I was like, okay. So I'm looking under his seat. I have his hand in like a death breathe. I'm looking under the seat. I'm looking inside the seat. I'm working in the trunk because, you know, kids just throw things. True. And then I remember hearing something hit the side of my car. As we were driving. Oh, no. He threw his shoes out the window. Oh! So I am showing up to this, like, super uppity therapy place, walking in with a two-year-old that has no shoes on. I was like, I promise you, he Mm. had shoes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That is what I have been in that situation. And he was happiest to me. He was just like, who needs shoes? Yeah. Why? Go hillbilly style. You never know. I'm still trying to get shoes for my kid. I went to the freaking store twice to get him new shoes because he's needed them. And the first ones were too tight. And so we got, I got him another one. Same thing. Instead of, you know, it being tight from the front and back, the widthwise or lengthwise, it was the widthwise. I'm like, my God, kid, literally <laughs> the day before you were fine. Today, I'm like, what the fuck? These are the things that yeah. we go through. Anyways, yeah. speak, let's go. <laughs> let's get back to the blurbs because that's that's let's a, get into the yes because that's something that I've noticed a lot with a lot of authors that are getting into this industry that are brand spanking new. First off, mm-hmm. what is a blurb? So a blurb is just a short summary of what your book is. That's it. Also known as a synopsis. Yes, we are talking 100 to 250 words. Ideally, you want to have at least 150, but I think the rules are you can go as low as 100. But 
two, three, four sentences of what your book is about. That's it. Now, I know it sounds super easy, but try to sum up a 110,000 word book into four sentences. We've all been there, guys. It's not easy yeah. at all. But yeah. if you follow, there's very simple things to make writing your blurb easier. All you have to remember is you need a tagline. You want that one sentence that is just going to pull somebody in straight away. Mm-hmm. You already got a sentence in, okay? Then yep. we want to go and you want to do introduce, let's say it's your first book. You want to introduce your main person. Just a quick little fun line, like, I can't even remember what mine was. That's how bad this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've also written 10 of them. Right, so, I'm like, so know. what am I... But you just want to give a short little background of what they are. You know, like um, Avery Hill thought she was an average girl. Avery is the main character in the Realm series. I think that's something close to what my first line was. Second line was. Then you want to start getting into what your series is about in one sentence. So you want to do something that's going to be. um, So Avery meets a mysterious meets the mysterious boy that has been haunting her. Okay, that's what the book's going to be about. Then Mm, you want to introduce the twist. What is going to wreck your character's life in that book? That's (laughs) pretty much anything. That's pretty much what it is. (laughs) So many options. But so many options. And I'm going to and and that's your next step. So we have your tagline. You're going to introduce your character. Give a quick one liner about. What's the beginning that somebody's going to come in and start the descent into madness and then end mm-hmm. it with the sentence that is a makeup of what is going to ruin their day? What is going to completely upheaval their life or maybe make them fall in love or get them killed or whatever it is, depending on your genre. But I think that's yeah. the other thing that is very important, guys. If you're writing a romance, make it a sweet blurb. Do something cutesy. <laughs> Do something like don't that. Don't go too spicy. Don't go, yeah, don't get explicit. It. But <laughs> if you're writing a horror, you're not going to be like, they were running down the sunshine lane. Like, you got to give your reader an example of what your book is. Mine is a little bit of both. <laughs> Although... They were running down the sunshine lane in hell. Exactly. As demons were surrounding them, passing them by left and right. Perfect. (laughs) Amazing book. I love it. I would read it. (laughs) I mean, but that's that's one of the things that people forget is your blurb is an example of what your book is. So you want to do something that aligns in your genre. You don't know what to do. And I know I'm not probably not supposed to say this, but. There are resources you can use to help you write your blurbs. They're all you have to do. Now, I'm not saying chat GPT it. I am saying you, there are other resources and we will attach them in this video that you can use. It'll enter in a few key points of what your story is about. And it'll give you a couple different examples of how you can construct it. And Mm -hmm. it'll help you. But you should not take a shortcut and use something like chat GPT because writing your blurb is also what helps you figure out your pitch. When you go to conventions, when you go to shows, when you meet somebody who is going to be reading your book and they ask you what it's about, that work that you put into that 150 to 250 word thing, is going to come flowing out of you pretty quick. And that's what your, your pitch is. It's your elevator pitch. Yeah. 
You try to try to, in regards to pitches, you always want to try to keep them between seven to 10 words. Anything more than that, then you're going to start getting into that blurb part. Right. And that's why when we're, when we're setting this up and here's from an actor's point of view, from a, a voice actor's point of view, these are very important for us to even be intrigued enough to look at your stuff. Because when I'm narrating, when I'm looking at narrations to audition for because i still have to audition for these things these things are all over the place <laughs> there's like 15 20 people that are looking at one uh one blurb within like the first 15 20 minutes that it's up mm-hmm. depending on how well it's written and this is why we're saying that you don't want to use ai to figure this out no. you can use all these other resources again we're going to attach them into the yeah. uh into the on our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com so that you can see them within the uh into the show notes and stuff like that we're going to have them there and here's another thing about this blurbs are extremely important to have but they are not reviews let me say that again reviews and blurbs are completely different So when you're looking at the blurb, that means, hey, this is what it's about. Like she said, this is not, hey, Stephen King said this about my book. That's a review. Yes. Or whoever else your favorite author is or someone who's actually Mm -hmm. writing something like yours that's a little bit more successful. They're on a different tier than you. Okay. And don't get me wrong. You're not going to get somebody that's huge. That's already been in the industry for 10, 20 years. Like I always say, Stephen King, cause <laughs> he's an icon in it and I don't read him. My wife does. She's got literally every book of Stephen King. So Stephen King, sir, if you're ever listening to this, <laughs> we'd love to have you on show. Anyways. He lives no. in Boston. <laughs> he lives in Boston. He lives in Boston. Or he did. He actually had a house in uh in New Hampshire too. I Corey got so mad at me one day because we were in Boston and we saw him in Walmart. And Corey was like, <laughs> "Is that Stephen King?" And I was like, "No, nah, that looks too tall to be Stephen King." And so Corey stops and he googles it and he's like, "Are you serious? Stephen King is seriously, guys, like six four, six five, something like that. Like he's a tall dude." And he's I was tall. like, "Whoops." <laughs> uh, are you sure? Are you sure that he was not joking? I mean, I don't know. No, he went and chased him down. Like, he, he did. He was that person. Uh, he was that person. Anyway. But, yeah, so, blurbs are not reviews, guys. That doesn't mean, now, there is a huge thing. Um, authors do put great reviews on the back of their hardcovers or even some of their paperbacks. That does not replace your blurb. No. Nobody really... Okay, sure. It's great for people to read. Like, this was the most amazing book since people started writing books at the top of your book. That's amazing. That's not going to tell somebody what the hell your book is about. It's not going to tell right. them what to expect. It's not going to tell them what type of genre it is. It's not going to do anything like that. You need mm-hmm. to, if you want to throw those up there, that is great. However, do not let it take away from the hard work that you have put into your blurb. And do not think putting a review, even if it's a spoiler review, there replaces a blurb because it doesn't. And it looks super unprofessional, guys. 
it doesn't matter if you're a self-published author anymore. People don't care. Yeah. As long as the book is good, they love it. But don't make yourself look unprofessional because you didn't take the time to do that. Blurb. And they suck. They all suck. It, the whole process sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. But it's worth it. And it's something that's actually really hitting us uh, in a different way because it is making a difference on the way that people look at your stuff. Esquire put out a, a an article today that says, a plague on the industry, book publishing's broken blurb system. Do authors actually like the books they endorse or even read? Writers, literary agents, and publishing workers take Esquire inside the story of the problematic favor economy. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but there was something that somebody said that uh, made a statement that um, it was Lucy Carson, who is, uh, who is a literary agent at the Frederick Agency. Um, who has worked with literary bigwigs like Pulitzer Prize winner Elizabeth Strout. Uh, she says, blurbs are a plague on the industry. Authors hate them, both asking for them and being asked. Agents hate them and publishers hate them. And the reason why many authors I've spoke to for this piece describe the process of asking for blurbs as excruciating, anxiety-ridden, and deeply dreaded, and the worst part of the publishing process. This is confusing because the blurb she is talking about is a quote from an author or getting an, another author to give you a quick blurb of your book. You do not have to do that. Honestly, in my opinion, it's a little bit pretentious, like just assuming others. We are constantly busting our, for lack of a better word, asses trying to get our stuff out. You got to from keep you got to keep writing because readers devour books we spend days weeks months years writing these things and you guys destroy <laughs> them in hours speaking of which you you being I, one of them I, I know i am one of them but i'm nice to people about it i'm like dude love your series um it was really great <laughs> read that really quick when's the next one and like i feel bad because i go through i've done nine in in two and a half years I feel like that should keep people busy, right? It doesn't because now everybody expects me to keep up that pace. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but expecting an author to take the time out, yeah. unless it is a really good friend of yours, to go through, read your book and write your blurb for you or to take and make something up just so that you can have somebody's name on it. It's not a great idea, guys. And it's really not fair to reach out to those people to do that unless you have an established relationship with them. That doesn't mean that like, if I ever meet Scott Westerfeld <laughs> or PC Cast, I will not hunt no, them yeah, down no, and, and try to get them to do something. But <laughs> of course not. Never, never once. But the other thing that does not go in your blurb, guys, is a scene from your book. That drives me insane. Oh gosh, don't do that. That is great for when we spoke about ads. When we were talking about doing those ads and doing that marketing, yes. that is when you throw that in there. That is when you shouldn't use your blurb. You should do yeah. a fun, exciting, enticing scene from your book. Here's the thing with this. It's, be, it's terrible because, again, having a great blurb 
not a review, but a great blurb is also going to help you to really understand how to present yourself to someone who is going to help you get a contract, who is going to help you to get your name out there. And you have to understand the expectations of what you want to what reality is going to tell you, because that's going to be the hardest thing right there. And this week, you know, this month is one of those things that, and every month should be like this. Mental health is a huge thing right now. It's always been, it's just been getting bigger and bigger over the, over the past couple of months. And this is something that we're going to talk about another time and dealing with anxiety, depression, writer's block, all those things that us great storytellers and authors love to have every time we write a book. I mean, it's so hard because, you know, Terry Pratchett is one of my favorite authors. He created the Discworld series, absolutely astounding. And one of the biggest quotes that I always remember from him is writer's block is something Hollywood made up. And so every time I go and I'm just like, honey, I just, and I honestly, a part of me doesn't believe in writer's block. You just don't want to write like, or it's just, you're overwhelmed. Exactly what Max said. You're overwhelmed. You're forcing something that shouldn't, you've been going at it too hard. You're thinking too hard about it. It's not writer's block. Your body's just like, step the hell away. But <laughs> I'll, I'll go back. It's not, it's not your family and friends. It's your body saying, shut up, walk Exactly. Away. You're trying too hard. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. But I'll go yeah. down and I always, I always interrupt his meetings because he works from home three days a week. So I go in and I, I just like lay on his office floor and he's like, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, or on the, hi. on the table. <laughs> exactly. On the table, the bookshelf, whatever. Wherever. And yeah, she's a cat. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I'm a cat if, if a cat was in like human form, because like, I don't want anybody to mess with me, but like, if I want attention, like I want the attention, but then like when I'm done, you know, like a cat, like he just, Feed like me now. Like Dude, I don't care that I just ate. Like, this is my world. Yes, I don't care if it's inconveniencing you. But I'll go in. Anyways. And I'll lay down. And I'll just, he'll be like, honey, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just, I'm stressed. Like, I, I can't figure out what to write. I have writer's block. I don't know what to do. And he's like, you don't have writer's block. Go watch TV or go read a book. Or just do anything and just get out of my office because I'm in a meeting and I just have no respect for that. But such such support right there for you. He's That's so great about it. Support. He really is. Like, <laughs> he'll just like go to himself and like shut his camera off and he's like, "Can I help you?" And I'm like, uh. "But <laughs> everybody's like, okay, he needs a minute with her." Uh. Exactly. But that's one of the things that works for me. Like that's how I stay sane. And if you throw yourself like into, especially as my series went on, I, it got more and more stressful because my characters are going through literal hell. Like it, I am creating a terrible situation for people day after day, after page, after page. And that weighs on you. And that's okay. Like it's okay to do it to yourself. You're going to do that. And writing the blurbs, it's the bane of my existence. I yeah. don't have one for my last book. It's just going to be called the end. Like, that's what I figured. That's the best blurb. It all ends here. Like, and they were like, okay, where's the rest of it? And I'm like, no, that's the blurb. And they're like, no, you got to summarize it. And I can't. It's too hard. It's so stressful trying to figure out, you just worked out 110,000 words, right? You just did that. And now you want me to take and summarize that? 
into 200 words. But don't don't feel bad if you get depressed about where your book is or if you get upset yeah. about where it's going or when you're feeling overwhelmed. Walk the hell away, guys. You can do that. You, you're allowed. Yeah, please. We're, we're actually telling you walk away because the longer you're there, if there's, if you feel like nothing is coming mm-hmm. to what you're writing, if there's nothing organically there, or if it's not working with your plan. And here's, here we go back to the expectations versus realities aspect of it is that again, it is all right, even for those that Chelsea decided to make cry with the train. Um, go back to a different uh, previous episode to le- learn that story. Yes. But it is okay for things to change as you're writing. Yes. Because that means that you are becoming a great storyteller. You're allowed to improv stuff too. And yes. that's one of the things I'd love to do. I love to roll dice to figure out what character is going to be doing something in what genre. And this is something that, again, is an, it's an easy technique. You know, you guys can reach out to me and I'll sit down with you and we'll talk about it another time. But one of the things we want you to understand with this is that, again, I'm always going to say expectations versus reality. Your blurbs need to be within a certain amount of number or a yes. certain amount of words. You have... Chelsea already told you exactly how to put it. And there's templates probably out there too that can help you. Mm-hmm. Don't use AI. It's the worst thing that you can do for yourself because the AI doesn't know what your story is truly about. They can't read it because you haven't put it there. Anyways, <laughs> this also makes an impact on your contracts, mm-hmm. how you can actually negotiate it, what they are really wanting you to do comparative to what you want to do. And this is something that we're going to actually bring in uh, actually Chelsea's uh, husband, Corey, because of the fact that he is actually her manager slash litigator. Oh my God. He's so vicious. He's so mean. Like he's so mean. Like he has two different personas, right? It's why he does. He is so great at what he does. Right. And I have to request which one dealing with. Because husband Corey is amazing. He's loving. He's caring. He's fantastic. What I like to call work Corey is mean. He's just mean. Whether it's to me or it's to who he's negotiating with because he's he's gets straight to the point. And that's what you need. You need somebody when you are doing these contracts and you are doing these conversations to have somebody who has your best interest in mind. Not about like, is yes. this contract legal? It's, are they genuinely caring about what you're going to get out of things? The only thing I found out, guys, um, you cannot put in your contract that the publisher is required to write your blurbs. Uh, they will not agree to it. They will not do it because yes, uh, yes, I have tried and uh, they do not. So Here's another thing I, I want to make sure that we, we say before we get out of here is that one of the things that you want to make sure of is what medium is it also going to be in too. And that can also be in the contract as well. And you want to make sure that that is right there because if you're doing an ebook right now, but you know, you want to have a physical copy of it, if it's not in that contract, they're not going to, you may not get it. 
Yeah. You may or may not get it. The other side of it, the other fun part of, of contracts and figuring it all out is that a contract should legally spill out every single thing they are required to do for you. Yes. And your legal responsibilities, what you are required to do for them. Right. So with mine, I was required to turn in 10 books in five years. Well, she got done in two. I had the loophole. You turn in the 10 books, you're done. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's you need to know what you're required to do. And when they will not necessarily go over this contract with you guys, mm -hmm. they're going to give it to you, expect you to understand all of the legalese and everything like that. And how do you sign it? Yep. Don't bring it to a friend. Don't bring it to a yeah. friend. What Corey is actually in negotiating with a, a, a publishing house today. And the biggest thing is, is the author had brought it to a friend of his. Yeah. Not a lawyer. That person brought it to a friend who was a lawyer and told them to sign it. And now he has no control over his books yeah. for 30 years. 30 years? So, guys, you got to... You... Oh, don't worry. That's getting rid of. Um, but it's one of those things that you really need to understand that you guys, when you sign this contract, you are not your own person anymore. Your series is not technically yours. They can do whatever yep. they want to with it unless you protect yourself. Yes. And that is the benefit of having a court and having him <laughs> on the show to show you and tell you how exactly to do everything in your power to protect yourself. Yes. And this is another reason why we really enjoy doing this. And we appreciate Corey coming on here is because again, we're giving you insight into something that you truly need to know. We've already talked to you about how, how you need to brand your book, how you need to brand yourself. We've talked about how to look into marketing yourself and your book. We've talked about the blurbs. Now we've talked about, mm -hmm. you know, the realities versus our expectations. And now to cut it all down into this, this final quarter is contracts. Okay. Mm -hmm. These things are so near and dear to us because one, she's already went through this stuff. She's, she has Corey, you know, 24 seven, thankfully you don't have your Corey, find your Corey. That's what we need. You need, you need a shirt that says, find your Corey. Um, I would, but then I, you know what? Like, I'll make one. I'll wear it when Corey's on. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Put it on, on those little details. No, but. You yep. need to find somebody in your life that can be there for you. And that's not only f to look out for you, for your writing, but also for your, your mental health, because, you know, that's a huge thing that kind of needs to happen for yourself. And again, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that another time too. And then of course, now we're getting to the nitty gritty of your finances. You need to know. You need to be able to know what you can redline, what you don't need to redline, what they're working with, what you need to be doing, how to get out of these contracts, yada, yada, yada. We could go into a lot of kind of things. But now we've already talked to you about this. We've given you the insights into it. Now it's your turn to get back to us and figure and tell us what you think about this. What did you think about us telling you about this as a business more so than just 
creative writing and just getting mm-hmm. your books out there. Tell us exactly what you think. You can go to beyondthepenpodcast.com. You can leave us a uh, a review. You can give us a insight into what your feedback is to us. You can join our Facebook page that has our fan page on there. Interact with us. All of our links are on the website. That's the reason why I like to say go to that place because it's got <laughs> everything. Okay. Chelsea, do you have anything else to say before we wrap it up? No, I think we nailed it. We've covered our blurbs, guys. It's super important. And I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot about contracts. Contracts is an extensive conversation to have. We're going to try not to overwhelm you all in one episode. So who knows? Maybe this will be a two-parter because it is important information, guys, and we don't want you to get it wrong. So make sure you turn it. tune in every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 a.m. for our fresh episodes and follow us on everything else. There you go. So until that time, this is Maccabee. And I'm Chelsea. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we help you unleash your creativity. Hey, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.